0: Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I am so stoked on today's show, you guys. I cannot tell you how excited I am that this is finally coming out. And a huge part of that is because I actually have been following along and listening to this week's guest podcast. This week's guest is Corey Malloy, if you didn't see in the episode title, and she hosts a podcast with Fallon Denae called Freely Rooted, which I love. And I know so many of you guys have learned so much from both Corey and Fallon. I see that a lot of you guys follow her on Instagram, and I've seen a lot of y'all in your stories just sharing about this podcast. And so it was truly such an honor to have Corey on and just get to hear more of her story, and discuss some of the things that we're both passionate about. So if you're new here, if this is your first time listening to our show, welcome! We are Love in a Cottage. The title was actually inspired by Little Women, in case you were wondering. We are a show for creative Christian women in their 20s, and every single week I interview a different guest talking about marriage, motherhood, homemaking, and following Jesus. And we also get into health sometimes, we get into small business sometimes, but really this podcast was born out of my own feelings of isolation after getting married at 19, having my first daughter when I was 20, and just loving where I was at, but also struggling to find like-minded women who were in similar seasons of life that weren't like 15 years older than me. And I'm just so grateful for this community because I think so many of us have just found refuge and encouragement here and just found friends and learned so much from each other. So thank you so much for being here and for checking us out. As I said before, today's conversation is with Corey, and if you haven't heard of her, she is a health expert who educates women about leading a pro-metabolic lifestyle through her social media, and she also has an online course, so she has tons of free resources on her Instagram, as well as a course and a Facebook group where you can learn all about what it means to heal your body, support your hormones. And ultimately live into the way that God designed your body to function and to thrive. So today we aren't chatting about like the nitty gritties of the pro-metabolic approach to nutrition and health. She does touch on that a little bit, but she is for the most part sharing her own health journey how the lord has worked through that and honestly how our health impacts our faith and our day-to-day lives and purpose as wives and moms so there is so much goodness here we were just relating on multiple things that we've had in our lives including endometriosis and we also both recently had home VBACs. and so you'll hear a little bit of all of that sprinkled into our conversation so I'm going to stop the intro and just let you go ahead and listen to my conversation with Corey. Hey Corey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so stoked to be talking with you today.
1: I'm so excited to be here. I know we were talking a couple minutes before recording and we're just so like-minded. So I love sitting down and talking to people that I have so many similar interests with.
0: Totally. Yeah, we got connected because I am a huge fan, shameless, of your <laughs> podcast and all of the content that you share. And I was just laughing with you because my husband started researching just this whole concept of pro metabolic eating and the work of Dr. Ray Pete last summer. And I thought he was crazy. I had no idea what he was doing and <laughs> trying to get me to eat liver. And actually, he sent me a video last night of our almost two-year-old eating raw liver oh and dancing and being like, more please.
1: Oh so oh
0: I came around and I am <laughs> loving all of the things that we're experiencing in our family because of what you're sharing.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Yeah, I I definitely remember the first time I saw people eating liver and because it was so culturally shocking to me living in like the South in – um, in the mainland at the time. And I think Matt Blackburn was the first person I ever saw eating raw liver. And I was like, I will never, I will never touch that. I will never look at it. That will never be in my house. And then eventually it was. And I I mean, it just feels right after a while you're like, you know what, this makes sense. I'm going to try it out. And then after you see the, the differences in like, just how it changes your life, you're like, wow, food really is such a healing, um, tool that we have in our lives.
0: Totally. Yeah. So, can you share a bit about your family, where you live, and we'll get more into what you do?
1: Totally. Yeah. So, I have, so I'm Corey. I live uh, in the tropics right now. I live on the island of Maui, and I've been here for about two years. And um, we are just living like a really simple island life and just outside all the time. It's myself and my husband. I have a three and a half year old son, Koa, and then a six month old now named Story. Um, we both had, you and I both had home HVAC, sorry, home Vbacks, I guess you could call it an HVAC. Um, and we're bonding over that because that was such a life-changing experience. And so we've just been, and I feel like that really, like, it just changed everything for us to be able to have a home birth and for my son to be a part of it. And my husband to be sitting right there whenever my daughter, do- you know, when my daughter was born. And so it's just been a really cool experience. Going through that, and we are surrounded by really like-minded people here, and I I can't imagine leaving now that I've been here. But I'm I'm trying to stay open-minded because things have been interesting in Hawaii the last couple years with COVID restrictions, and yeah. so we're just trying to stay open-minded. But we are we're here, we're loving it for now, and just honestly soaking up the time we have with spending time with like such a like-minded community. It's such a difference living with people who support you in every way that you parent, in the way that you feed your kids. And it's just like a really beautiful experience. But I myself am passionate about all holistic things and especially metabolic health. And so that's kind of what I do is just educate women on optimizing metabolic health and kind of restoring resiliency and vitality and showing up as your as your best self really because you're nutrition and your lifestyle has so much to do with kind of how you show up as a person and especially as a mom. And so I have a podcast now, like you said, and my podcast co-host and I just really like became really passionate about speaking to women in general, but especially moms of just like, Hey, like life doesn't have to have to be in a way where you feel stressed out all the time and tired all the time and triggered all the time. You can support your body and pour into your body so you can show up, yeah, as your, as your best self. So that's what I do. And we're just loving living here in the tropics in the meantime. And I'm excited to be sitting here talking to you.
0: I love that. I am so excited to dive deeper into your health journey. And we won't be chatting like I don't know, doing a deep dive as far as the what's and the how's. And you can go and listen to Corey's podcast to hear more about that. And her Instagram, there's tons of great free resources. But we're also going to be talking about how our health itself impacts, like you were saying, our motherhood, our marriages, and ultimately our relationship with the Lord, because that is the most important and it's all so connected. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could just share with us a little bit about – I feel like I sound so out of breath right now. I'm holding <laughs> I'm holding my daughter. I just have to say that. I feel like I'm breathing so hard. <laughs> um, can you share a bit about your health journey, specifically with reversing your endo? Now, I don't think I told you this in our email conversation, but I actually have – I don't know if I would say like have had endometriosis. My mom did as well and so did my grandma and my aunt. So like I am pretty familiar with what it is, but I was just absolutely blown away when you shared your story because I thought it was just this thing that, like, my sweet daughters are gonna have to navigate and it's genetic and I'm stuck with it. And so I would just love if you could briefly kind of share your journey with all of
1: that. Totally. And yeah, in the words of Josh and Jeannie Rubin, who are some really amazing health mentors in the metabolic sphere. They always talk about how genetics kind of like load the gun, but your environment is what pulls the trigger. And, you know, when we look at genetics, we can see how endometriosis passed down makes sense. There's a trauma piece typically with endometriosis, and we know how trauma can impact the way that our genes express through epigenetics, but also there's a hormone imprinting that happens whenever our babies are in utero. So it does make sense how there can be you know, a genetic component of endometriosis, but I just think that all of this is completely reversible, especially through my own experience. And then being able to watch the experience of hundreds of women who are also reversing theirs. So my history, my health journey, I basically was going the, I could call, I guess I could call it like politically correct nutrition side. I was studying sports performance and strength and conditioning and that my, my professional career was in sports and performance and very like male dominant and just driving my body to the bone. And I essentially was like, only caring about, you know, as long as I'm eating lean protein, getting my greens in, getting my nut butters in and just very like conventional health advice, I essentially was just getting more and more symptomatic. And then in my first year of marriage, I got on the birth control pill, I was on it for a year. And I noticed right away, I was not loving the way that my body was like showing symptoms. And thank goodness, I truly believe the Lord like gave me this revelation because I would sit there and pray like, God, like what is going on? I remember my libido was shot and I was like, I have a whole episode on this on my, on my podcast where we talk about it in details, but I just remember praying to God, like, Lord help me desire my husband who of of new, like I was a newlywed at that point. Like, how am I even having to pray about that? It's just like, Beyond me, but that's when I realized. Wait, something is just something is wrong. Like something is wrong. What is going on? Like something. This cannot be normal for me to have zero libido when I'm a newlywed. We had saved ourselves for marriage, and it just didn't make any sense to me. And that's when I realized. I kind of. I think I hopped on Google one time, and I was like, libido, birth control. Like I think I searched it that way, and I couldn't believe wow. the, the results that showed up. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, there's something on a physiological level that happens when you take the pill and you can see it in such a simple way. And I can't believe that no one ever talked to me about this. And then I got off the pill after being on it for a year and very, very, very quickly regressed. That's when I, my true cycle, uh, symptoms showed up and I realized that something was so off in my body. But at the time I was just still in this headspace where I was like, I think I had a lot of like wounded how do I explain this? Kind of like a wounded femininity where I really felt like I needed to be one of the guys in order to like succeed in life. And so I was like, I'm just not going to talk about, you know, problems. I'm definitely not going to talk about my my menstrual cycle. I worked with all males and the idea of telling my boss that I needed to take time off because of my period. Are you kidding me? Like, there's just no way. So I just completely suppressed and stuffed and pretended it wasn't happening. And then it was a full year later when I finally went into an OB For the first time um and because i would just i honestly thought i was on the the verge of death like i was either i was either going to i i felt like i was either going to take my own life because of the physical pain i was in on a chronic daily basis or it was just going to take me out like that that level of pain that i was in all the time but especially around my my monthly bleed and that's when i had the endometriosis diagnosis but again it just did not something i mean I, i i look back and i'm like. Thank goodness that God creates women with such a strong gut instinct to be able to kind of navigate through life if we tune into it. But Mm -hmm. I left that office just in tears and I just felt like I knew that I knew that I knew that this was not going to be a lifelong sentence for me. I didn't want to believe that this doctor told me, hey, you're going to have this for life. You either can get back on birth control or you can try to get pregnant or you can have your first surgery in a round of surgeries, like a lifelong, you're kind of like signing up for a lifelong scheduling of surgeries to keep removing yep. the tissue. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, man, that is not sound. That doesn't sound right. And by the grace of God found this practitioner who I called leaving the office. And he was just like, I basically, I mean, I didn't even know what to ask him. I was just like, have you ever worked with endometriosis? Is it reversible? Like, is there a root cause? And he was like, oh, of course. Like, that's not even a question. Of course there's a root cause. Of course there, we can treat it at the root. And so it was through him that I kind of learned about liver health and mineral imbalances and all the things that were going on in my body. And especially as a result of being on the birth control pill. And I was able to reverse my symptoms with him in three months after being in such an enormous amount of turmoil. In only three months, my body went completely back into balance. So that was kind of what started. Yeah, it was totally wild. It's kind of what started my entire wake up period of what the heck is going on in our system, like what even is our healthcare system model this is this is total sick care this is sick care management and symptom management like why are we not talking about the root cause so i became very passionate about just educating people on that alone of just like hey you know you don't have to become a lifetime customer of a big pharma like there is a way to go treat the root cause and be free be free of the system but anyways i My background in metabolic health was definitely from studying the sports performance side. I was so passionate about metabolic adaptation and not dieting, not restricting calories. But I just had no idea that the type of food I was eating could also impact basically how I was thriving day to day. And so I dove into Dr. Ray Pete's work, I think it was in 2018, I believe, is when I started learning about him. And it was like the final puzzle piece in the big picture I had always been passionate about. I just didn't even know it existed. And then once I found him, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going back. This is just, this is it. This is the answer to everything. So I just dove into the work from there.
0: That's incredible. And I feel like that testimony alone that you just shared is going to encourage so many women because I feel like, I don't know, I have so many thoughts. (laughs) We would love to homeschool our kids someday. And like what I learned about in- sex ed and about my cycle, I feel like I learned so little. I was scared. That wasn't a conversation that I really had with my parents. My mom gave me this like American girl book about your body and that was it. And there were like pictures of boobs and it freaked me out, like these illustrations. And so, you know, you go from that to like all of a sudden, I was I was 19 when I got married and I saved myself for marriage. And so I feel like I just kind of like, muscled through having my period in high school and then all of a sudden I'm like thinking about and making these big decisions when I couldn't even tell you like the stages of my cycle or what any of that means. You know, I had no idea that you ovulated and that like you couldn't get pregnant whenever during the month. And so I feel like just knowing that women have options and that just because one doctor, one place said something, that is not like the final say. Like we can fully heal from things. And that is how the Lord designed our bodies, you know?
1: Yeah. And to be honest, even if five different doctors say that that's your only option, because I I remember when I made the decision to get on the pill, I was going from doctor to doctor to doctor because I was moving in a lot of different, I think I moved four times in the time that I was on the pill. So I was constantly switching to another practitioner and provider. And each time that I would go in, it was because I was having issues with birth control, like bleeding for a month straight and being like, Hey, I'm, not really sure about this, like, you know, what's going on? Um, and my only option being, oh, just switch the brand. It's just the wrong brand for you. Let's get you on another brand. And so, yeah, even if every OBGYN that you've ever seen has only given you birth control as your only option, that still doesn't have to be your answer. I think stepping away from the authoritarian aspect of life, I know Danny Roddy, I know you said your husband listens to Danny Roddy's podcast a lot. He talks about authoritarianism in a way that is so digestible for people to understand because you might not even understand like that that's kind of the system that we live in until you hear someone talk about it and you're like oh my gosh this is why i'm nervous this is why i'm nervous to tell my ob um no i would not like to be filling this prescription i would actually like to be doing you know natural family planning and feeling nervous to even stand up for yourself or feeling nervous to tell a provider, hey, I've actually, I would like to fire you and maybe go with a midwife, you know, as far as my pregnancy and my birth, like it's the nervousness that they have control and power over you definitely comes from being raised in this authoritarian environment where you feel like you have to like, where you feel like the white coats are like gods almost and and like that they have a sense of authority over you. No, like you have your, you get to take charge of your own health and it's the more, one of the most beautiful and empowering things you can do, especially as a woman.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I could probably tell at least five stories where I have been really physically and emotionally triggered in a doctor's office for several different things. Like I actually had a laparoscopy done for my endometriosis mm. surg- uh diagnosis like right before I got married and I had little to no knowledge about any other options and I remember telling her like, I don't want to go on birth control. Like I'm doing this to remove it so I don't have to go on it. And she sat me down for my like follow-up post-op and she's like, okay, so which form of birth control are you going to go on? And I just like started, I broke down because I was like, I felt like lied to and like I had to go on this so I could keep it from coming back. I mean, just so much fear, so much fear there. So I love that. You are, yeah, kind of explaining and providing some of those examples of that, like, authoritarianism. How did you say
1: that? Trust me, it took a little bit of practice for me to get this right. (laughs) Authoritarianism would be like the belief system where, you know, someone is in charge of your, in charge of each, like, area of your life and you answer stuff no matter what. You're not allowed to ask questions. You feel, there's even a gaslighting, I feel like, in a lot of those doctor-patient relationship where you try to ask a question and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you don't question my my advice. You don't question what I – I'm the doctor. You're the patient. I went to school. You know, yeah. that would be – it describes so many people's experiences in the modern healthcare world, and it's unfortunate.
0: Totally. If you're in the market for unique, whimsical decor, then look no further than Tumble. Tumble is a small women-owned business based in the Southwest selling handmade wall hangings, jewelry, and other home items made from resin. I actually discovered Tumble at the Yellow Conference in LA a few years back, and I have been a fan of their stuff ever since. Right now, I actually have a blush wall hanging in the girls' room, and I just can't stop looking at it. I was wanting this like Matisse-inspired, playful, geometric art that was fun, but also girly, and this just 1000% fits that vision. If you want to get your own jewelry or home decor, visit weartumble.com and use the coupon code PAGE15 at checkout to save on your order. That's PAGE15 at checkout, or click the link in our show notes. So I I was wondering if you could just point any of our listeners to some resources when it comes to like looking at birth control. Obviously, I feel like there are different reasons why people go on it. Some doctors even prescribe it for like acne. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is obviously like if women are experiencing hormonal issues or painful periods, that's one thing. But what about women who like are getting married and they're going to be having sex for the first time and they're told like, Okay, this is what you need to do. Do you have any resources for that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I would think first thing, I always tell people in this position because usually the questions that I get about birth control for someone that's getting married is how will I possibly not get pregnant if I don't go on a hormonal birth control? Yeah. And to that answer, I'm always like, okay, this it's not that's kind of like a it's like a reductionist like focusing on this one aspect when we need to back up and realize, okay, the problem is that we are not educating young girls on their menstrual cycles. We're not educating them on the fact that they can only get pregnant a few days out of their month. And there are ways that they can track this. God made us with these incredible symptoms to be able to pay attention to and to know and take charge of our own fertility. So as far as resources, I mean, I actually said the phrase right there, but there's a book called taking charge of your fertility that I would recommend to like, I mean, literally, any any girl, whether you are about to get married or if you're married and are thinking about coming off of birth control, I think that it is the. Thing, I mean, it's honestly, it's the book of information that we wish we probably would have been taught by our mothers and our grandmothers and maybe even the school system. But you know, maybe a whole another topic on the side is the fact that I, I I truly believe we're not taught these things for a reason because it does make us more dependent on the system. Um, so just, I love that the book is titled that because it's literally taking charge of your own fertility because it's your right as a woman, that is your, that's your God-given right. And so that book is great. And I think just any decision that is made out of fear for me personally, the word fear is always coming from a lack of knowledge, whether that's like an innate knowing and and wisdom within myself or just a lack of knowledge and awareness that I, that I can find through resources. So like. I was actually just having this conversation with a girl who was at my birth today. I saw her this morning and we were talking about how, you know, seeking knowledge in the, in the form of like information is basically what we would have had hundreds of years ago with like these, like in more of a strong mother culture where we're learning skills and things about our body from the women around us basically. And so if we have to learn that from a book these days, so be it. And it will help us like understand that innate wisdom in ourselves. And so, yeah, that book is great. And yeah, like I said, I just think that making a decision out of fear comes from a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowing about our bodies. And I made that decision when I was getting married. So I completely understand being there. I was like, I'm definitely going to get pregnant if I don't go in the pill for sure. Like I'm, I'm freaked out to get pregnant. And I look back and I'm like, man, if I had known anything about my menstrual cycle, which is not necessarily my fault, it was like, you know how many classes I took on health in college about the menstrual cycle in high school and in junior high? And like, it makes no sense, right? Like why I wouldn't know, but I just truly believe we are not, it's not prioritized right now in our culture to empower women about their cycle. So truly, I mean, I to be honest, I think you could just start with that book alone and you would learn more and more about your cycle than, you know, you than you would learn anywhere else. And it's just a great tool to have to have in your house. You were asking about resources for to learn about your cycle, right? Is that what you asked? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's so good. And I feel like I love that you touched on the fact that you took so many classes on health and it wasn't talked about like or hardly touched on at all. I've been thinking lately just about how much like our cycles and I actually interviewed earlier today someone who is a pelvic floor PT. And Mm -hmm. we were just talking about how like anything just related to women's health, like that impacts you every single day. Think about how many women are experiencing painful periods or super heavy bleeding and they're at work or at school or like mothering. And it's just suffocating. And you feel like you can't talk to anyone about it. You sharing about your experience, like mostly working with men, I mean, that impacts everything that you're doing. And yet it's so wild how we're not taught much about it and it's not being talked about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that we have to be the change there. I mean, you have a daughter yourself and it's just a really amazing opportunity to like look at your daughter and realize, I do you have a boy first or a girl? Was
0: your I actually have two girls. Yeah.
1: Two girls. There you go. So uh-huh. you have both, both daughters and just taking in the fact that like you get to be the change and the culture shifter starting with your yeah. own children. Yeah.
0: I love it. It's so exciting. I like love this phase right now of the babies and toddlers. And maybe I'm like a little overexcited or naive, but I love thinking about them when they're like going to be teenagers and just being able to have like real Mm -hmm. life skill, big life conversations. It's so exciting to me.
1: Speaking of, I don't know if you're familiar with Body Talk Basics, that that Instagram account.
0: I think I I found them through something that you shared, which was so good.
1: Yeah, I want to plug them because she or her, she has a whole course on, it's like a mother daughter course on learning about the menstrual cycle together and having like really deep and raw conversations where the mother's sharing her experience and just, and also talking through her her emotions on certain things. It's, It's like such a well done course. But she also has a whole Instagram account with tons of free resources on just like, talking to your daughter about her, you know, puberty and like her growing body and like how to support her body metabolically during this time. So I would totally check her out. It's body talk basics is the account name.
0: So good. Thank you. We'll add that in the show notes too. So you share quite a bit about what it looks like to live into God's design for our bodies and I know we've touched on this a bit, but I would love if you could just share like what that means to you, what that looks like for you and how you would explain that concept to people.
1: Yeah, I love this question. Essentially, learning about metabolic health was the very first time in my entire life where I understood the importance of honoring God's design for our biology and our physiology. And when I look back on, you know, the quote unquote politically correct nutrition that I learned about in school, I'm like, okay, we like we studied physiology and yet we we studied like the ketogenic diet and I'm like, what? Like, and you look back and you're like, why, if we learn, if you learn from a physiology textbook, for example, that the body learn runs on glucose and prefers to run on glucose, meaning carbs, why would we force our bodies to run on something else, trick our bodies, manipulate our bodies, um, as opposed to honoring the true design. And so Yeah, metabolic health and Dr. Ray Pete and everyone that I found through him. I it was the first time that I was actually studying the physiology of the body first and then making a decision on an informed decision because I have the freedom, you know, I have free will to make decisions for my health as I as I see fit for my family and myself. But like it was the first time that I was making decisions out of being informed about how the physiology actually works and that the alternative to that would be doing something just because you hear it's healthy or good for you. Like kale is like always my perfect example. Like we hear kale is healthy. Kale was like not even a part of the diet. What even 15 years ago or so like unheard of used to be like, you know, what was in the salad bars and held the food on top of it. And it's just interesting to see one day people are like, Oh yeah, it's definitely, it's like a superfood. It's like the healthiest food around. And when we actually can study what kale does and how it impacts the physiology of the body, not just, Oh, it has some minerals in it. It has some nutrients in it. Of course, all food has nutrients or minerals in it. I just think that there is food that has been designed to be more appropriate for humans to consume more appropriate for animals to consume based on the physiology of our bodies. And so there was just this beautiful thing that happened to both my you know, my podcast co-host and I, whenever we started studying this and why we wanted to create a podcast with the God piece in it, because we were just like, this is the most. I felt like I learned more about God, and I like appreciated more about His design and the beauty of His creation and the intention of His creation. Whenever I started studying more about metabolic health, and it was just the most interesting shift that happened, and it in in all areas of life. So it's just interesting to see. You know, how you show up as a different person if you understand how to feed the body appropriately. And I I use the word appropriately not to mean that there's a right and a wrong way, just more metabolically supportive, meaning, you know, more appropriate for our physiology and what the body actually prefers. Totally.
0: I love that. And I feel like part of for us and our family, kind of as we've been. Learning and on this journey as well. What's been so interesting for me is I feel like I'm pursuing health for the first time and it's not coming from a place of vanity. Like, I actually did beauty pageants in high school, which is so kind of embarrassing to (laughs) say (laughs) because there was, it's like I laugh about it, but there was so much. Insecurity there that I've Mm -hmm. only now been able to reflect on. Like, even after I was out of that season, I was like, I learned so much about public speaking. And that's not Mm -hmm. to like hate on it, but I see the path that it took me on for a long time about how I viewed myself, how I viewed presenting myself, and how I viewed others. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like my heart is in such a better place and just supporting my body with like nutrient. Uh, nutrient dense foods and like things that are actually important it's coming from a good place like it's Mm -hmm. not about how I look and how I present myself and it's not even necessarily about like performance but it's like I need to fuel my body in a way that is going to help me be a kind mother and a kind wife I remember going through a season I've shared a bit about just like dealing with anger, especially like postpartum um, with my first daughter and how that kind of just went on for a long time. And we were just in a high stress season where my husband was in grad school and so much going on. Mm -hmm. And I would wake up not feeling angry, but like my husband and I would get into an argument about something small almost every day. And he said to me as he was learning about Dr. Ray Pete, like, I genuinely believe that 90% of our problems would stop if you ate within the first hour of waking up. And I thought he was ridiculous. And then I forced myself to do it. And I certainly am still not you know 10 out of 10 but i was shocked and humbled when he said that like you know by 9 or 10 a.m. i had already had a full cup of coffee and i was still like gosh what should i what should i eat and i was still nursing you know and so it's amazing how everything that you were saying it just feels right after you you know process like what kale isn't the best option what
1: Mm-hmm. you know, I should,
0: I, I want to eat liver. Like it can be very shocking. Mm-hmm. I, initially. I love,
1: yeah, everything you just said, it's a matter of like, well, first off the ability to step away from eating for the outer appearance of, of your body is such a mindset shift to go towards pouring into your body. Cause when we focus on like the outer appearance, of our body, I feel like the mindset is just always on depletion, 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 depletion. Mm. How can we burn more calories? How can we like, yes, can we be thinner? Like, it's just, it's so about, yeah, vanity, like just absolute vanity. And so being able to pour into your body and see how it helps you connect to your body. And then once you're more connected with your body, not only are you more grounded, not only are you more nourished, but then you're more aware of the way that you are, thinking, speaking, behaving, like the way that you show up for your kids, the way you show up for your husband. And it's insane that food could actually do that, but it does. People don't want to hear this. They really don't, especially those who I think are really big. You know, right now I feel like there's a huge, amazing focus on like trauma and like therapy and like in mindset work. And, but I feel like I've had a couple people take my course who are therapists themselves and they're like wait I'm sorry why is no one talking about this in my field why didn't we not learn in school that anxiety can actually be impacted by your state of nourishment and like we people more people have to be putting mind body and spirit together and merging it instead of just focusing on one or the other so i love that you gave that as an example
0: yeah, 100%. My husband is actually a therapist. He just no graduated, yeah, with his MFT degree. And it has been so interesting to watch him, again, go on this journey with his food as well as therapy. And I think for me, really, nutrition has been like the missing piece because I have been – I had a pretty traumatic C-section birth experience and NICU with my first daughter and mm. just really struggled with like, mental health for the last like – year and a half and so i started seeing a therapist and doing a technique called emdr which yeah. is focused on trauma i love it i tell everyone to go do it because it has been so amazing for me but it really wasn't until like i still wasn't eating for the first mm. few hours of my day and you know some of these these really simple things. And oh gosh, now I just cringe because when I did eat, you know, it'd be like a few spoonfuls of peanut butter. And I'm like, (laughs) wow, that's so great. (laughs) Totally, totally. But yeah, that was really the missing piece for me. And so it's been so interesting because now my husband is like, you know, I love therapy and I believe that it is so important, but it's almost like he sees nutrition and how we nourish our bodies as like, just as important, if not more. Because he's like, Mm. you know, all the work that you do in therapy doesn't really matter if you're not like supporting your body outside of therapy. And so while I'm glad people are becoming more and more open to therapy and wanting to go, that's like not going to be a quick fix or sustainable. It's so much harder, I feel like, to bring yourself to change how you eat because it really does require like a dramatic lifestyle shift, you know? Totally.
1: Yeah. And I love that you talked about the sustainability aspect of it. I think, so I dove into therapy in 2021, I think was the first time I ever, maybe even 2020. And that was my first experience with therapy. But I think three years prior, I don't think I would have been ready to even like unpack or even have had the capacity to even be aware of my triggers or aware yeah. of like how to dive into my story and that doesn't have to be everybody's story people like that it really doesn't like i i think that it can i think each tool can be a an equally helpful process to like peel back the layers for me personally like i and the rubens talk about this a lot of like taking a food first approach so you can build capacity to be able to dive into the mind and the spirit and that was 100% true for me i just had no like I was so disconnected from having emotional awareness of who I am and what I did before prior to like diving into metabolic health and getting off the stress hormone train. That's what was distracting me was the stress hormones. And like for anyone listening that, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this prior on your podcast, but just like the idea of stress hormones, just really keeping you so disconnected from your body and being so addicted to them. And so you don't ever want to examine what's actually going on in front of you and it keeps you from being able to be present and um yeah so for for my experience therapy best thing ever had i would i have been ready for it 3 years ago no way like there's there's no way i could have i could have done the work that i did then if that makes sense mm,
0: yeah no i think that's a super important key to people on their healing journeys as well cuz yeah capacity is like a whole conversation <laughs> especially if you are in well i guess we're all in our own like We experience stress in our own ways. That's something I've really been like realizing, you know, because I have two kids. I've been married for three years and I'm 22. So I kind of started off young and with a bang. And like some of my friends like just graduated college or like engaged. And I think I really had to process through like stress impacts all of us in our own ways and things feel very real to us and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And just because I have two kids – does not mean that like my life is so much more stressful than my friend who's like taking her college finals, you know?
1: Oh my gosh, that is such a great point. I don't think a lot of people think about these things about like, well, and it's easy to say as a mom, it's so easy to say, I have a slew of kids and I'm so busy. And as if that is like, yeah, what you just said, as if that is somehow like a higher level and therefore you can have more as if it's like a universal, like, Oh, that person is more stressed or that person has more on their plate, but capacity, that capacity is it. And I've watched this happen with mothers who have, who have dove into metabolic health with five, six and seven kids. And they're, they've got it, you know, they're, they're chill. They're laid back. They're like, I've, I've got this. And you would never. And then there's like the mother with one child who feels so much more stressed. So capacity is, oh my gosh, I just love that you just made that connection because I feel like a lot of people don't have that awareness to see that, that 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 is the difference. That is the difference. How we perceive our stress is the difference.
0: Totally. Yeah, there's a podcast I really like called Simple Farmhouse Life. And she has seven kids and oftentimes interviews like moms who have many, many children and homeschool and homestead. And it's just such a great resource. But she was talking to someone. Is this Lisa, Farmhouse on Yes. Loon? Okay. Uh
1: Love her. Just found her. Love her.
0: Oh, yeah. She's amazing. And I can't remember who she was interviewing, but I feel like a question that she kind of continues to revisit is this idea of like, how do you do it all? You know, you're a full-time blogger. You have animals. You have seven children. You homeschool. You sew things. Like, how do you do it all? And this mom who she was interviewing was like, you know, you just kind of like find your groove and then you continue to – slowly stretch and increase your capacity and how Mm. things that feel hard you know like when I had flora and I just had one kid I would have really hard days and now that I have two I have hard days and that doesn't mean that my hard days when I just had one were any less hard it's just that my capacity is different now I guess you know totally
1: Totally. and I can share from my own personal experience because I was I dove into metabolic health right after the birth of my first son. So that was like, yeah, three and a half years ago. And I, with one child, like I was saying things like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Just like, such a deficit mindset because I was so, my capacity was so small. And I look at myself now running a business. It's me and my husband, just us. We have two kids, no family help, family doesn't live near us. And I'm like, whoa, I would, again, I would not have been able to do this truly had I not gone through the work and built the capacity through nutrition and, and, and then the mind and the spirit all putting it together because it's just interesting to see with one more child now how I have more capacity than when I when I really, really struggled with one child in the past. It's just an interesting comparison.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I have felt that so strongly as well. And I I think my husband and I have talked – Because we've done things so non-traditionally and so fast, and I feel like it's just our whole marriage has been transition. It's been hard not to be like, what did we get ourselves into? Like, (laughs) were we ready to have kids, let alone two? But I think the Lord has just given me so much peace. Like, I feel like I really needed to have them close in age because my first daughter, Flora, she was so chill and Juliet is really chill too but like she could independently play and I like really struggled um with attachment initially Mm. for the first like six months I'd say and I think that I could have if it wasn't for Juliet and my attention being limited like I could have just not really attached to Flora as much and just let her be and I don't know done my own thing but I feel like now um even since I was pregnant with Juliet I've realized like how present I want to be. And it's forced me to, I don't know, just kind of process through some of that. Whereas I feel like if they had been spaced out a bit more, I would have missed out on so much more with Flora mm. of that bonding.
1: Yes, it makes so much sense. 2021 was a big year for our family.
0: Flora turned one, Juliet was born, we moved across the country, and I was actually able to launch a small online shop called Flora Sea Botanicals selling essential oil rollers and skincare. I fell in love with oil shortly after Flora was born when I found myself searching for new and affordable ways to transition to a more non-toxic lifestyle. I loved the creativity that came with mixing different oils, all without bringing harmful chemicals into my home. I now get to run Flora Sea with my mom and it has been so much fun. She loves packaging all your orders and it just has been such a special thing for us to do together. My current favorite roller is called Flower Field, which is part of our non-toxic perfumes. I also love Cozy Cottage, which has spruce, lemon, and vanilla, and I just think of you guys every time I put it on. Everything is made with 100% pure essential oils and certified organic carrier oils. Oils have never and will never solve all of life's problems, but I do believe they can help support us as we seek to create beauty in our homes and care for our families well. So I would love to give you guys a special podcast discount as a thank you for being here and being a part of this community. You can use the code COTTAGE10 to get 10% off your order by visiting C, which is S-E-A dot com. That's COTTAGE10 or click the link in our show notes. So why are you so passionate about health, especially as like a Jesus follower? How do you see the Christian faith and its importance with health? Why is that important?
1: Well, I think that you know, when you ask that question, the first thing I think about is me being back in Bible study back when I was dealing with birth control, post birth control, just all the issues. I was living in Texas at the time. And I just specifically remember with my Bible study, sharing my struggles and the answer being, okay, we're going to pray for you. 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 And while I totally appreciate that, and you know what, I bet that their prayers were super powerful and effective. They just didn't, they weren't answered in the way that I would have thought they would have been answered. If, if someone says, I'm going to pray for you and I think I'm going to go, go overcome something. I would think it would just be this. Oh, and I'm back. Like my libido is back. Sweet. You know, the prayers were powerful and they worked. And I, I think that was the mindset I had at the time. And what I found is what I was drawn to and what God led me to was my health. And how much that was impacting my quality of life as a whole and that was not something that was discussed ever in in churches growing up in churches in college in cr- churches as a newlywed in churches with my kids like my aspect you, like how much your health and your wellness impacts your quality of life and how you are able to even connect with God and have the capacity to connect with God, have the capacity to, you know, sit in the presence and be still and be quiet yes. and, and, and listen to the Lord speaking to you. Like I, I had no idea how much wellness impacted that. And this is such a missing conversation in the church right now. It's not even funny. And I hate to like dog on the Western church. Like I, I realize I probably sound like I do that a lot on my podcast maybe, but there are issues. And I would like to be the change, be part of the change. And so I think the more that we have these conversations where I'm bringing up, hey, this is a problem. This is a problem to, you know, we were talking about this before the recording, but this is a problem to be feeding GMO food dye snacks to our kids in the nurseries. Like how, how is that even, how can we be doing this to our children that we are, called to nurture, nurture in every area of life. And yep. so whenever there's such a disconnection and I think a lot of people are really, really, to be completely honest, turned away from the church because they they understand and they recognize that the church is they're some of the sickest people that they know. the, the most like unwell people that they know who are on five different medications and nothing wrong with medication, but I'm just saying in the context of like using everything as like a as a band-aid and being like okay i'm good this is my problem and let me just get on this medication and now i'm good there's just such a missing context in most churches that i've ever been to as opposed uh, as as in the importance of you taking responsibility for your own health because you can't just keep living in the same environment that you got sick in the first place so me getting you know prayed for When I had endometriosis, for example, if I just went, if I just sat back and was just like, okay, Lord, I I believe that you're going to heal me and I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. I don't believe God calls us to do that. I believe God calls us to um, ever evolve and ever learn from what he has already given us. And for me, it was stepping back into his design. It wasn't going and being on some rabbit hole search you know, for the next rabbit hole and the next rabbit hole and the next rabbit hole. It was, it was me simplifying things and stepping back into his, into his design. And the, yeah, the missing conversation in the church today, I think is how much your state of wellness has everything to do with, like I said, your quality, your quality of life. And I don't think it's enough to just say, I'll pray for you. I think we need to be asking the hard questions, which is what's your diet like? girlfriend, you know, like, what do you, are you eating in the morning? Are you taking care of yourself? You know, I will pray for you and I will stand with you and I will support you. But support looks like calling it out and being like, Hey, like, how can I, how can I help you? How can I, can I bring you a meal, you know, and being able to push people back to what I believe the design is for the body, which is nourishment. So That's my little
0: spiel about that. Absolutely. I love it. I love that you gave us your spiel because I have had such similar feelings. And I know you've talked about how you are just loving living in a community of like minded people, not to say all that you don't like face this type of struggle where you're at. But that was like something I was genuinely so nervous about moving back to the Midwest. I was like People are going to think that we are bougie, (laughs) that we think that we're better because Mm -hmm. we like only buy (laughs) raw milk, grass-fed beef, organic produce. Like it's almost, I think I felt this type of like embarrassment or shame. Oh my gosh. And there's this whole other conversation as far as like financially too, you know, like
1: thriftiness
0: and buying everything on sale. Yes. I also have a passion for like ethical clothing and I have a whole thing about that in the church as well. But I feel like with food, it's it's so hard, especially in a church setting. You know, we've been kind of like – we were visiting some different churches whenever we moved here and this was on me. I should have been like more proactive whenever I dropped Flora off and just said like, hey, please don't feed her anything. But I picked her up mm-hmm. and they're like – Oh yeah, she had fruit snacks and I like freaked out and she was just not herself the whole rest of the day and I like called back. I was like, "Can you tell me what brand they were because I wanted to look at the ingredients and I just had like a terrible feeling and it's not mm-hmm. like that one thing is going to wreck her for life, but it's just a strange strange thing, you know, we like want to bring our own diapers and wipes so that way we're conscious of that, and that the wipes that people are using on her don't have, you know, weird fragrances and stuff. And I just yes want to say amen to everything you said. And it's just nice to know that someone
1: else like gets it, you know. Well, and even just, and I've been ma- I've been meaning to make a post at some point with like, um, because this is this is where the conversation usually goes. I and I had a lot of conversations with churches when when I started having a kid, um, having kids, but especially my son of just like, hey. Can we not use these cleaners? Because we worked in the nursery or we volunteered in the nursery because I didn't want to oh leave my son gosh. by yeah. himself. And I was just like, what are we like, what are we doing? Like this is this is a chemical bomb. And like my like you said, like if if my son accidentally eats these snacks that are that are being served at church, he is a mess the whole rest of the day. He does not eat yep. red dye number 40 in his symptom in his system. Exactly. And so I think that uh where the conversation usually goes is well, we don't have, that's not affordable. That's not affordable. Like that's usually where the conversation goes. And so I think even just educating people on, wow, there are actually really affordable alternatives. You can make your own cleaners. It just takes the time and the capacity to be able to do it, but it's because it matters. It has to matter to the church body. It has to be a priority to the church body to go buy a stack of bananas for a couple dollars and chop that up and that be what is served children. I and I understand it takes the extra effort because you can't just leave bananas in the cabinet for months and months and months and months like that box of goldfish. But like it does it it matters and it should matter. And I I we really do have to be the change is is my point.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I hope that this gives mothers the confidence to like say something and not just I don't know, just kind of let it continue on because One of my favorite things to do is on Instagram, like if I find someone who is maybe a bit more outspoken than I am on certain topics that I fully believe in, I like to look at my friends that follow them because then I feel like there's this like solidarity almost in like, okay, they liked this post that a lot of people would say is controversial. Like, let's start a conversation about it, you know, because I'm not trying to like, I don't know, with my platform, I, I keep certain... Topics, like I don't really talk about it, but I do like to have conversations with people about things that are important to me. And so I think, like you said, just being the change and being willing to actually say something, especially in the church setting, is so important.
1: Well, and I think I just want to highlight what you said earlier about feeling this sense of guilt and shame and embarrassment because there's just nothing worse than someone making a big deal about you saying something. And like, I don't know, there is, there is that level. I think every mom has been there where they have said something, they have spoken up and they've felt bold enough to do it. And it's not met well, like completely not, not, not met well at all. Right. And so you're just like, cool. I'm, I'm the crazy mom. Okay. You know what? I'll just be the crazy mom and that's fine. But like, it's worth it to me. And it's unfortunate that that, that, that is the culture where you are the crazy mom. If you want to feed your child real food and not put bleach on their bodies and like, and chlorine and fragrant fragrances. And it's just something that it's a conversation that needs to happen more often. I'm so glad that you're having it right now. Totally.
0: Yeah. I love this. So Corey, I know that you love to share about what the Lord has been doing in your life and how that's impacted you. And I feel like that is just such a great conversation starter. Like It's just one of my favorite things to talk with people about. But I also know that your platform has been growing so much. And I know that there's so much hard work behind that, like so much behind the scenes. But I would just love to hear kind of, I guess that question is twofold. Like what has the Lord been teaching you? What have you been learning in him? And also how has your platform growing so much like played a part in
1: that? Mm, Okay. I love these questions. Maybe I'll answer the, yeah, I'll answer the first one first. Essentially like, I would say that the biggest thing that I've learned and have seen the fruit of as my platform has grown has been the word rest and Sabbath and like taking Mm. a weekly dedicated time where I am unplugged. I'm not in, I'm not connected in because phone world really is just, it is phone world. These are like, these are humans that you're interacting with. And there should always be that level of respect of like, wow, like this is each and every person is so important to me, but we just cannot be plugged into a space that is that big at all times. And so having like, you know, dedicated times once or twice a day, sometimes three times a day where I'm on Instagram for like, you know, five minute tops coming out and then having a day where I'm like not plugged in at all. Not even to my Facebook community and really seeing that the Lord like designed this for us. Like he designed us in in these cycles of work and rest and work and Sabbathing. And so my husband and I, we do a Friday night to Saturday night, like Sabbath quote unquote, where it's nothing super formal. We're just like completely unplugged and just like resting in the Lord. And I think being able to be in a state of rest always reveals and shows me things that I've been carrying that I should not be carrying, that I need to release over to him. And so making a weekly practice of just like releasing things and saying like, Lord, I give this to you. Like I I give this to you. And because I can see that on Monday when something, if I don't, Oh my gosh, if I skip that day of rest and I go into Monday, I am like a little more like bothered by a a nasty email or like a nasty DM. And I'm like, Ooh, like, Ooh, this is a little stingy. As opposed to like, if I, if I take that weekly rest and I'm giving it to God and I'm putting, I'm positioning my heart for what the work is. It's just such a different it's such a different week. and I truly believe that I guess like what you put out there is what you um, receive when the when the Bible talks about like reaping and sowing. And so I just truly believe that like number one, if that's already your like your weekly rhythm and people are seeing that in you because if I wasn't doing that and going week after week after week after week where I was just engaging and working, like I guarantee that I my energy would be different, how I show up for people would be different. And yeah, I just think that making that a discipline has been one of the biggest things that he has taught me as, as as far as the importance of the word rest. And that has just been such an essential tool as my platform has gotten bigger because this information is resonating with so many people. Um, you still have to, yeah, you still have to prioritize that just because you're like successful or maybe it's, you know, the success is... You know, even if you're going through like a good and quote unquote, I say like quote unquote good season where mm-hmm. things seem to be going well and yeah. maybe you go you go a few weeks without getting a, a nasty email, for example, like it still doesn't mean that you get to just like skip out on the rest part, I guess.
0: Totally. Yeah. No, I think that makes so much sense. I think it's easy, almost, it would be so interesting to dive into like, I don't know, how prayer or that rest, maybe you know that it's like how spiritual rest in the Lord impacts like stress hormones, even, um, yes. any of those sorts of correlations, because like you were saying way earlier, we become like addicted to these stress hormones. And I feel like I am a very driven person, but I'm listening to, um, ordering your private world right now by Gordon mm-hmm. McDonald. I don't remember, but it is like changing my life. It is so good because he talks a ton about like being a driven person and not necessarily that it's bad, but just, I don't know. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this. No,
1: I'm tracking with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I get excited. It's like the snowball effect. And then I think that I don't need rest. So then I'm like staying up a little later or I'm like on my phone because I'm excited about, you know, whatever it is that, Happen in my business or my podcast. And I think like it's up to me. Like I need to keep this momentum going. And I guess part of that is like, oh, I think that I'm the one who got myself here in the first place. And that's so wrong. It's so easy to, yeah, I guess just get in my head about that and be like, I can't rest because I got here. When in reality, that's so not in alignment with what the Bible says.
1: Totally. I mean, Fallon, my podcast co host, and I, we, talk just like privately with just like the amount of success that we know that the Lord has like blessed our business with, but it's literally just that. Like, it's not like we are, we, we had some special formula or like there have been really, really helpful tools for us to like learn how to grow, like learn how to, I guess, put out, you know, life-changing products. But like, I think that at the end of the day, like there has, there is something that I feel like is anointed about, work that like god is ordaining himself like if it's bringing Mm. people back to god like there's just a there's an anointing over that and i cannot for one second Ah. think that it's because i'm delivering it in some special way or something like i truly believe it's just we were just like we're just going to dedicate this to the lord and like see what happens and yeah it is and it's just been so evident of that since we haven't had to like bust our butts trying to grow. It just happened. It literally just happened. Right. And so I think that's been like a really beautiful reminder. Every day that we wake up is just like, wow, like we get to rededicate things to the Lord um, as a result of of this. And it's just been a really beautiful journey.
0: Hmm. I love that. That's so good. So much more there that we could like continue to unpack and have these aha moments or have things click together. But... I would love to wrap us up. I have loved everything we've talked about. And again, I feel like we could just keep on going with all sorts of health and faith connections, but I like to ask my guests the same three questions um, just kind of for fun, rapid fire. So the first question is what are three things that you have been loving lately?
1: Oh my gosh. Ooh. Okay. Um, Watching the sunset every night at the beach. So like, so like, really re- recreating this like childlike play where mm. we remember like the nostalgia of just like playing outside all day till the sun comes down. And then like, uh, then we come into dinner and we're just so spent and like filled up from the play. So we've been like recreating with that, with our family recently and just like playing, playing, playing until the sun goes down. Wow. And, uh, and the way, and of course having kids makes that easy to do because you can play <laughs> with them, but you can do that without, without kids. The second thing I've been loving as as dumb as this sounds honestly just food I just love like the there's just nothing better than like eating a good meal and feeling so nourished and like being in a season where I uh I'm feeling very like creative right now um in this season so I get to create different recipes and just like you know be just have fun with food like like food is just such a blessing and like something that just it holds no power over me now and so you know, after stepping out of like my bodybuilding season, just um, won't go into that. But I just think that like it used to hold such a power over me. And it, now that it doesn't, it's just so much more enjoyable. And I, I just love wow. it. And then the third thing would just be probably learning about, I've been diving into a lot of like nervous system and body work education right now. And I think just learning about mm. like how smart and intelligent the body is and how there's just so much that we don't understand just like looking at the body, but like the more that we understand about the nervous system and just how the body like holds tension and trauma um is just so evident to me that like the body is just so it just has like such an innate ability to to heal. And yeah, I've just been loving diving into that word for that reason.
0: So good. Have you read The Body Keeps the Score?
1: You know, that's like one of the most recommended books in my Facebook community, but I still have not. Mm-hmm. I feel like I read it by now because people talk about it all the time, but I, <laughs> I have not.
0: I know, I haven't read it either. I actually, I read like part of it. I did a training a long time ago um, for like working with victims of human trafficking. And I got this book and read the part I needed to. And I was in college, so it like sat on my shelf. But my husband is reading it right now. And I am just loving everything that he's sharing with me I need to read it myself but he's a reader and I am not as natural (laughs) of a reader so I'm just getting the spark notes from him but it's apparently really really good
1: that's amazing
0: how can we as a community be praying for you?
1: Oh that's such a sweet question Ooh, I think right now I'm really trying to figure out the best family rhythms for us um, for a while we were just like yeah. winging it cause you know, with a newborn, they're just like sleeping all over the place. And we just had no, like we had very little structure and rhythms to our life. And so yeah, I think just praying for wisdom on, <laughs> on creating rhythms that are, that are best for the family as a whole and individually, um, mm-hmm. where we can create just like, yeah, just the most thriving environment for our kids. And cause you know, when you're, when you're kidless, it's like. You can make whatever structure, whatever rhythm you want. And then you realize when you have a child, like, oh, they actually really like structure.
0: Well, yes. dang,
1: okay, I gotta I I gotta get into this now. You know? <laughs> totally. I can't be yeah. as spontaneous as I as I wanna be. And so yeah, just like wisdom on creating family structure and rhythms, that's gonna be a, a major discipline for me. Mm. Um, and so yeah, the discipline of like structure, I think, is what I am currently working on.
0: Totally. Yeah, I feel like they hit this point where all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, they're not a newborn anymore and they really do need that structure. So we will definitely be praying for you as you kind of sort that out with your family.
1: I love that. Thank you.
0: And Corey, where can people find you? I know you have a course, you have a podcast, you have so much goodness. Um, Where can they connect with you?
1: So best place to find me and all of my just like free content is Instagram, Corey Malloy. The podcast is called the Freely Rooted Podcast. Um, I have some, I have a free download, but I have a lot of just like links and resources where people can just dive in. I have a lot of highlights. And so Instagram Instagram would probably be the best compiled place to get connected to everything else. Um, and if you need to reach me, just email me through my contact form. Um, but yeah, the podcast is probably a really good place to start if you go to my page and you're like, okay, where do I get started? I'm a little bit overwhelmed by that. We, we walk you through it in the podcast.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love your podcast. It is such a digestible, relatable place to start. The other day, my mom and I listened and I like wrote down again, poofa, and like what it does and oxidizing and all <laughs> these things to like really internalize it. So
1: that's incredible. I love that. That's <laughs> such a compliment too. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Corey, thank you so much for coming on. It was so good to chat with you. And I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today. And I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because, guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.